Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to The Village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective. I am so excited that you tuned in, and I am really, really happy to have my guest on this week, um, Leela Panagidis, who I've known for a very long time. We actually went to graduate school together, but I think you're going to be really excited to hear her story because she is the epitome of resilience, the epitome of truly believing in something and then putting your money where your mouth is and going after contributing to change that she sees needs to happen. And so I'm going to read you a little bit more about her bio in her bio so that you can uh, get to know her and then we're going to jump right in. So Leela Panagidis provides coaching, leadership development and organizational change consulting for some of the most admired global companies. Her current position as president of Leap into Leadership, a leadership consulting firm, helps companies manage during major periods of change and transition. She started her career with DAI, which is an economic development company um, that at the time was providing technical assistance to countries of the former Soviet Union um, that, was, that were transitioning to free enterprise. Um, later, she moved to Warsaw, Poland, where she was with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And then when she moved back to the U.S., she joined EY as an assistant HR director. And she was responsible there for human resources and the organization development and integration of EY's Latin American tax practice. After that, she moved on to Tyco, where she was the director of training and organizational development, and she spearheaded the Women's Leadership Council, which was the very first for their company. She then moved on to Microsoft as the direct director of people and organizational capability. And Leela has been consistently rated as an outstanding facilitator, speaker, and educator on topics ranging from manager effectiveness to mindfulness, as work, uh, mindfulness at work. And just to show how resilient she is and how broad-based she is, she is also a member of the International Association of Chiefs of Police. So how many people do you know in your circle who can say that? Um, she has her BA from the University of Virginia and an MBA from Indiana University, which is where we met. And so I am so, so, so very excited. Leela, thank you so much for being on The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you, Laurel. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. So it's finally happening. <laughs> it's finally happening. And I'm so, I'm so psyched because it's going to be awesome. And, and what we want to do is really give people a kind of a sense of who you are, kind of where you've been, where you are now, right? And then that journey to get there, because it's really important for people to understand, one, everybody's journey is different, but that every journey also has its ups and downs in those places where you have to make a decision. And every decision has consequences, good and bad, but there's also consequences just sitting, right? And so how do we kind of get people to, to understand that there is power in their choices? So why don't we start by really talking about like what you're doing now? So talk a little bit about Leap Into Leadership and kind of the stuff you're doing. Yeah, so what I'm doing now is probably something that a lot of people have thought about doing, but uh, really accelerated after the 2016 presidential election. Mm -hmm. I'm actually running for elected office. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm really focused right now on my campaign mm -hmm. and uh, moving toward the November 3rd election, which is when I'm going to be on the ballot. Um, but it took me a long time to get here because I had to scale back my business. 
Yes. I had to think about the impacts uh, to my customers and my clients, mm -hmm. but also to my family, uh, because running for office really is a full-time job. Yes. Uh, so I'm working a little bit, but I've really had to scale back a lot of my, my work. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, running for office at any level, but I'm running for city council uh, mm -hmm. here in my, in my town. It's, um, it, it takes a lot of uh, research because you mm -hmm. have to understand what the issues are. Uh, and certainly this COVID pandemic uh, yes. has interrupted things. <laughs> yes. uh, so you have to get creative, mm -hmm. but you also have to acknowledge the time that we're in. Yes. Uh, the time is changed. And, and so the priorities have changed, mm -hmm. uh, but there are still choices that elected leaders have to make and, and people um, who are in positions of power, uh, especially now as we depend on government so much, mm -hmm. uh, it's so important to have people of character and competence in office. Uh, to make the right decisions because they're impacting our lives every day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, and what's interesting about you running for office, because we were, we've been talking about this a long time. And so even before you moved to California, kind of thinking about that. So maybe go through that process with people, because we'll get to kind of your education, the positions and all that kind of stuff as well, because I want people to understand your journey. But talk about that process that said, hmm, I think, I should run for office at some point to, I'm going to run for office, kind of take people <laughs> through that roller coaster, right? <laughs> well, and I think it also is, is complementary to when people change their careers, right? Mm -hmm. When they leave, when they leave a company after being at a company for so many years of right. making that jump, which is my, mm -hmm. why my company is called Leap Into Leadership. Yes. Because you are taking a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, you're taking a leap into the what if and mm -hmm. I don't and the unknown. So right. I'm not going to sure how this is going to work out. Right. Right. Am I going to get elected? Am I not going to get elected? Is this new job going to work out or is it not going to mm -hmm. uh, work out? And so my process was really was how do I serve best? How mm. can I use the strengths, the skills, the experience, the competence, uh, my know-how to, yeah. to, to bring that to bear for the benefit of other people, for my mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot of issues we're dealing with. You know, we have issues of homelessness and affordable right. housing and traffic congestion and climate change. Mm -hmm. And um, these issues are not going to go away. These are mm -hmm. only going to be compounded. And so we need people to come together collaboratively to mm -hmm. solve problems. Right. And a lot of that right now is looking at innovation. It's looking at yes. how do we design cities for the future to be resilient. Um, yes. This is not going to be the last crisis we go through. I mean, here in California, we have wild, wildfire, right. we have earthquakes, uh, mm -hmm. and the big one is coming. So we have to continuously prepare for mm -hmm. anything that could happen that would impact the quality of life of our, of our residents, of our mm -hmm. community. And mm -hmm. part of that is building resilience, right? It's right. not just about individual resilience. It's about community resilience mm -hmm. um, and collective resilience as, as, um, as people, as neighbors working together and being and living together. Right. And we know that the quality of our life is very much impacted by where we live. Mm -hmm. um, the people we interact with every day, whether it's our small businesses, whether it's you know, going to the, to the grocery store, our neighbors, our schools, 
And so we all have to come together and understand, well, what are the challenges that we're facing as a community, as a society in general? Right. You can scale this up, obviously, right. to a national and international <laughs> level. Yes. Um, and it's going to take all of us working together, which is why I see a democratization and in innovation where mm -hmm. some people think, oh, well, you know, innovation is only the, the purview of the experts or people right. who have design degrees or engineering right. degrees. And really what we're seeing now, even in this COVID pandemic, is the ingenuity of people. Yes. If you can't get a mask, you're seeing people carve out, you know, Coca-Cola bottles <laughs> right. and putting them on their face or, yes. um, you know, putting different, you know, a, a, a vacuum mask on, yes. on there, you know, but so people are figuring out how to hack, right? How mm -hmm. to, how to creatively come up with solutions to problems when there's mm -hmm. scarcity in, in, you know, getting a mask or getting some resources, PPE. Mm -hmm. PPE. So people are really, um, I think, stepping up into their own creative spirit. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we all have creativity, but somehow, yes. somewhere along the line, we're told we're not creative, where we have right. to be an engineer or a mathematician or accounting. Mm -hmm. But we, I think, collectively are seeing people problem solve. And that's what humans do. We love to solve problems. Yes. Um, and so for me to come into this uh, choice of saying, well, I'm thinking about running for office, where can I best serve? Where can right. I have the biggest impact to help people, to help communities get through challenges? Because I love to solve problems. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes, a problem she does. solver. Yes. <laughs> and I'm also very pragmatic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and what's interesting, one of, one of the interesting things about what you said is, you know, we as a species are resilient, right? We adapt and we are resilient. Um, we find a way to make it work. And so that set is a great segue into your journey. Cause I've told you often, you are one of the most resilient people I've ever met. I mean, you know, I'm going to let Leela tell you guys every place she's been and what she's done, but I just have to tell you when you find a person who moves to Poland and starts a Spanish language round table <laughs> with expats so that she can now have this network. I mean, I don't know how else you define resilience. <laughs> like that. So maybe take people through a little bit more of kind of your journey, right? To where you're now, where you are now in this, this whole new phase you're entering into. Yeah. Well, I'll start at the beginning. So I was born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, so it's a beach town. And I'm going to keep bringing a beach town because now I live in a Southern California yes. beach town. It took me 40 years to get back here. Right. But, um, so my dad is an immigrant. He's, he's Greek Cypriot and he came to United States to study in 1956. But my mother is, is a Scots-Irish descendant yes. uh, of Alexander Caldwell, who's a sixth generation uh, American that came mm -hmm. in 1745, right? right. So we have yeah. this, and this is the story of America. Yes, right? like, absolutely. We come from <laughs> everywhere. Um, but but I remember I was born in Rio, but I really my earliest childhood memories were from Recife, which is in northeast Brazil. It's a beach mm -hmm. town, again a second second yes. beach town, and. What I saw in, in, in Recife was I lived across from the beach and so mm -hmm. very good childhood memories, but I also saw extreme poverty. And so mm -hmm. we have these things called favelas in, yeah. in Brazil, which are shanty towns mm -hmm. uh, or slums. Mm -hmm. And so as, as a child, you know, five, six years old, earliest memories, yeah. I had this wonderful life, you know, going to the beach and my father would come home from work and the whole family would go yes. and we'd enjoy the beach. But then I would go and visit a favela as a little mm -hmm. child and say, why do these other children not have indoor plumbing? Or why mm -hmm. do they not have shoes? And mm -hmm. I think I didn't consciously or intellectually get that until much later. Mm -hmm. But there seemed to be, I think, instilled in me this injustice, this mm -hmm. inequity. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and it really, um, I think, set the course of my life yes. to work toward equity. And I want to make sure people understand that there's a difference between equality and equity. Absolutely. Okay? So equality is treating everyone the same without difference, mm -hmm. right. but equity is treating people fairly so that there is equality in outcomes. Absolutely. And it's really yes. under, under, important to understand that difference. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my favorite quotes is, the route to achieving equity will not be accomplished through treating everyone equally. It will be achieved by treating everyone justly according to their circumstances. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That was kind of my earliest, you know, mm -hmm. childhood memory. And then we, we left, we, come, we came back to the U.S. Um, and that was a hard transition for me. And that was a transition of me coming into a school, new school. And my name wasn't Leela. It was Marilia. Ah, uh, yeah. And my peers at the time, my classmates mm -hmm. couldn't pronounce Marilia. My brother couldn't even pronounce yep. it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so somehow my name, you know, morphed into Leela, yeah. you know, yes. which was easier. Right. Um, I skipped first grade and mm -hmm. I missed a lot of fundamentals, especially math fundamentals. So yes. don't ask me to do any calculations. <laughs> right. In my head. Um, but that was a hard transition coming in. And then as a result of skipping first grade, I, I graduated early. I graduated mm -hmm. at 17. And so I wasn't quite ready to go to college, but I went to Greece instead. Mm -hmm. I spent my first year uh, in Greece. I wanted to learn my dad's language, yes. um, but I was kind of on my own. I was living with friends of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I was living with an, a, an older gentleman. He was 82 years old and mm -hmm. his daughter, he didn't speak any English. Yeah. So I learned Greek pretty quickly. Yes. <laughs> um, but at 17, I was abroad and I was in it, you know, culturally I, I understood the Greek culture because my dad's mm -hmm. Greek Cypriot. But I still had to learn how to use the bus system and, yes. and, and go to the store and speak to people in Greek and, mm -hmm. and be on my own. So I, I grew up very quickly. I was mm -hmm. a very precocious child. Right. <laughs> um, and then I came back. I went to undergraduate. Um, and after undergraduate, I decided to go abroad again. And I went mm -hmm. to Chile. Mm -hmm. And I lived in Santiago de Chile. And this was right after Pinochet left. So it okay. was the first democracy, the first time mm -hmm. Chile was coming into a, a, being a democracy. Mm -hmm. And so I saw huge political, socioeconomic and, and econ, uh, economic change, political change. Mm -hmm. And the people of Chile were also emerging out of this you know, dictatorship. Yes. Right. Um, and, and so that year for me was very difficult. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was mm -hmm. teaching English as a second language. Mm -hmm. um, I barely had enough money to, to, yep. get, to get by. Um, yes. I was you know, eating you know, cottage cheese. And right. <laughs> And uh, yes, or which is very good and right, right. Um, but it was it was a tough uh, time for me. Um, and, and, and I but I traveled all through Chile and I got mm -hmm. to know people and and meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. um, after Chile, I came back. I worked for DAI, as you mentioned mm -hmm. in my bio, which um, at that time had just set up this investment and privatization group to look at those former Soviet republics. Mm -hmm. So we worked with USAID and other government um, organizations in the U.S. to help move these mm -hmm. economies from this former communist economy to right. these open market the capitalistic economies. Mm -hmm. And again, I was witnessing these huge changes, this social, right. political, economic changes that people who had been under since World War II mm -hmm. were moving into democracy and capitalism. Right. And what did that mean? And from the work workforce perspective, there was huge disruption mm -hmm. um, because there was overemployment. And so people had to be laid off, right? right. People for their entire life, the little old lady in the elevator right. pushing the button. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. That's all she knew her entire yes. life. 
you know, she was let go. What do you do? What do you do right. after your entire life? You were working, doing something. And all of a yes. sudden you're saying, we don't need your services anymore. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and that impacted me a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I witnessed that firsthand, mm -hmm. um, went to business school where mm -hmm. I, I yep. thankfully, and yes. I bless I, <laughs> God every day yeah. I met you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did my semester in Spain, but then I went on an internship through the University of Michigan's business mm -hmm. school to Poland. Um, and that's where I ended up again. And this was again, moving uh, all the Western companies were coming in. Mm -hmm. So Price Waterhouse, Coopers and Libra and McDonald's were coming mm -hmm. into those countries at the time. They're seeing market opportunities. Yes. And again, I was living there. So now mm -hmm. I was living and working again in a country that was moving through tremendous disruption and change. Right. I happen to show up at all yes. these places. <laughs> My life just seems to be that I always have yes. just happen to be in the wrong place at the right, right. time, in the right place at the wrong time. Exactly. Um, but, but I was there during um, Elshul and Merger because Pricewaterhouse was merging mm -hmm. with Coopers and Library. Yes. I was on the team helping with that merger mm -hmm. of you know, Big 8 accounting down to right. the before. Um, but I was also witnessing the pains, the, the growing pains of a country and the people mm -hmm. uh, and talking to people and making friends with people and seeing this huge transition that was happening. Um, and I think all of this kind of came into my consciousness and yes. to my psyche and how, how do countries and people then deal with these tremendous disruptions right. that were external forces that were imposed upon them? Mm -hmm. And how do they react to that? Right. How do they process right. that? And then the, how do they come out of that stronger? And, mm -hmm. and, and then starting to see who did well and who didn't, who, who right. came out in better situation and who came out in a worse situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started getting into organizational change and development um, at a, a, a macro scale, right? Mm -hmm. So looking at huge change management mm -hmm. across organizations um, to even the micro scale. So looking <laughs> at individual change and right. helping people manage those change. Um, so I, when I left Poland, uh, my, one of my favorite bosses, Dean Ruley at the time, mm -hmm. uh, based in Dallas, asked yeah. me to come and work for Ernst & Young yes. and based uh, in Miami. And mm -hmm. I would be in charge of integrating the America's tax practices and all the human resource mm -hmm. uh, processes throughout Latin America. So I was able to travel a lot through mm -hmm. Latin America. And, right. you know, sometimes people see it as a monolith. <laughs> right. But every country is different. Very Brazil, different. we speak Portuguese. The mm -hmm. other countries, we speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. But again, I was able to talk to, um, you know, the nationals on the ground, the mm -hmm. people that were doing the work. We had expats, but then expats started to be phased out right. as we hired and promoted and developed locals, uh, mm -hmm. nationals, to take on those senior roles. Right. Um, and so, uh, so I did that for about five years and then I left and worked for Tyco. Mm -hmm. And again, this was after the whole Kozlowski debacle yes. with the $6,000 shower curtain, yes. and <laughs> the corruption and the fraud and the excessiveness, yes. you know, same Sarbanes-Oxley came yes. in, we mm -hmm. had all this in financial Ron, controls. Yes. yes. So this was kind of the cleanup and I mm -hmm. came in as kind of the cleanup crew. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so the board of directors was replaced, executive management right. was replaced and I came in after that. And so a lot of it was on compliance, right? Mm -hmm. It was on um, looking at the ethics of organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, it was looking at diversity and inclusion. So this was right. coming in, how do we hire people, uh, women and people of color mm -hmm. um, and really focusing on this cultural change. Right. Uh, and so culture, organization change, resilience, this was called out of all embedded into that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
uh, I met my husband at Tyco and I had mm -hmm. a child. Yeah. <laughs> I was now 14 years old. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and doing homeschooling. Yeah, and, and, yes. And so that's another <laughs> challenge. Yes. Um, but, but at Tyco, um, besides, you know, for me personally changing yeah. my life because I met mm -hmm. my husband there, um, it, the culture wasn't conducive to working moms, especially. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. for, for many reasons and, and, and not having the support, I left and I, I went to Microsoft, which was mm -hmm. much more family friendly uh, mm -hmm. company. But then I worked at Microsoft right during the financial crisis yes. of right. So again, <laughs> more change. Lima yes. shows up, right? right? And so for the first time in the history of the company, uh, Microsoft, this 40 year plus uh, company, they yeah. had to lay off people. Yes. And I was there at the time that for the first time ever, mm -hmm. they had to do workforce reduction. Yes. And so I was part of a team that had to then do a very, very difficult job of deciding mm -hmm. how do we let people go? Who do we right. need to let go? Uh, and, and so it's almost what, what's happening now with COVID mm -hmm. is those non-essentials. You know, how, right. do we, how do we keep the, the whole of the organization moving, but we have to get rid of some of our overhead costs. Yes. And part of that, a lot of that is payroll, right? A mm -hmm. lot of that is the human exactly. uh, cost of having people. So mm -hmm. making some very tough decisions but doing it in a dignified way um, that, that communicated concern mm -hmm. and care to people, giving them uh, relocation or some type mm -hmm. of, 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 of help and assistance uh, right. to, to find that next job. And so mm -hmm. doing it um, in a humane way. And so right. I think that's where compassion comes in and empathy mm -hmm. and really listening to people and understanding what their needs are. So, so I was there through all of that transition. <laughs> And then my, my husband got a job uh, to move to the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I can't do all of this now. Because right. then I was trying to travel. I, yes. had a, I had a toddler at the time. Yes. My husband was starting a new job. And I decided, okay, it's time for me to leave. And I started leaving to leadership. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of it's my amazing. journey. <laughs> well, and, and so here's the thing. And, and, and you guys hear Leela and talk so eloquently about what she saw and the injustice that she saw and how to, how she thinks both macro and micro about people and the impact to people of this big change. But I'm going to ask her a question and um, she's probably not going to want to answer the question, but I'm going to ask her anyway. And that is in this, this ability to really look macro and micro at the people that you're seeing impacted. How did you pay attention to the impact to you? How were you managing all of this change. You're now in HR and you're having to let people go. You're seeing what's happening in the economy. You're seeing this old woman who's pushing the button in the elevator who now all of a sudden doesn't have a job. What about, and especially for our listeners who are looking at these transitions and who are taking care of other people, you know, I always say, put your mask on first, right? How are you taking care of you? How did you manage through all of this change, all of this upheaval and maintain your ability to be resilient? That's a great question, Laurel. And I've thought a lot about this. Um, and by the way, I turned 50 this year. So I, 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 <laughs> I saw, I saw, Welcome to the say, yeah, that we, we, uh, we grow old too quickly, but we gain wisdom too slowly. <laughs> there you go. Yes, I agree. And so, and so reflecting on this, it was really when I handled it, I think sometimes not very well, because mm -hmm. I tend to be a person who's very calm, I'm very level-headed, I'm very consistent, I'm predictable. So I'm the duck on the water, where yes. you, you know, very calm on the surface, yes. but then like my feet are moving yeah. very fast underneath. Yes. Um, 
and, and I did, I did suffer panic attacks. I, I had, I had postpartum depression after I had my son. Um, mm -hmm. He wasn't sleeping through the night for 14 yeah. months. I had to work full time. And right. at some point you just hit a wall, right? Yes. And so for me, it was really a discovery and a lot of reflection around what are my values. Mm -hmm. And when you start with values and purpose, mm -hmm. then all your decisions and clear, you can be clear about your decisions and your decision making. And so what I've learned is when I'm not in alignment, when I'm not living in alignment, my values, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. when I feel anxiety. Uh, that's when yes. I feel dissonance. And so mm -hmm. getting to me justice, again, going back to Brazil and the early, mm -hmm. um, witness that I've seen of, of poverty and, and the favelas and, and, and seeing all of the injustices in the world. I've traveled the world. So I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of inequality and not right. understanding that some people, you know, are born with the card, you know, the cards that you're dealt. Some right. people born with a full flush and some people yes. have two pair, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's no rhyme or reason how it happens. Right. You just born and you right. either got that or you didn't. Yeah. Um, so there's no really rhyme or reason, but I think it's our moral imperative to mm -hmm. try to, to push for peace, justice, and advance those causes of, mm -hmm. of, of equality. Right. And so for me, it was really about what are my values? What do mm -hmm. I stand for that I will be unwavering and unapologetic right. in my mm -hmm. actions and that right. I know who I am and I can go to sleep at night with a clean conscience. I can look yeah. myself in the mirror and say, I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. And and me, I live in this moral world where I believe we have mutual obligations to each other. Mm -hmm. And so my values really center around fairness and justice, around mm -hmm. integrity, generosity, learning, and compassion. Mm -hmm. And once I was I, able to identify what my values are and that mm -hmm. all of my actions and decisions are then are then made from those values, right. then it was easier for me to adjust to to um to be able to cope and to, mm -hmm. to deal with all the transitions and change that was coming into my life, because we're constantly going to have change. Yes. It is a constant. Yes. Um, and I've also learned that the quality of our lives are really dependent and determined by the quality of our relationships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and if we put too much weight on the, you know, the, the physical things or the, mm -hmm. the, the tangibles, the house, the car, the, right. title, the, the job, the salary, right. things go away. You can be fired from one day to the next. Yes. There is no job security anymore, right? Right. But how do you show up every day? How do you show mm -hmm. up with purpose and with your values? Because what are those things that are enduring and that are lasting? Mm -hmm. Those are your friendships, right? Right. Those are the, the things that you do that you look back on your life and say, do I regret those decisions or those mm -hmm. actions? Or was I making the right decision based on, even though it hurt me personally, or I got right. fired for speaking up, for telling right. the truth, for speaking truth to power, Am I making the decisions that I know were the right things to do at that moment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's all about courage, right? That's about courage to say, doing the right thing, helping, making the right decision for the greater good is more important than my personal quote unquote safety or my personal you know, protection. It is important to stand with what is the right thing to do for the whole. Absolutely. And I'll give you an example just last mm -hmm. year and how it hurt me. So I was, I was contracted to work for a big fortune 50 company mm -hmm. to do this global implementation on a project. Mm -hmm. And so they brought all these independent contractors in 
And I found out that we were all doing the same job, but we were being paid differently. Mm -hmm. So the exact same job, the, the, the exact same um, outcomes and mm -hmm. expectations. And yet because right. of the way our contracts were, were, uh, were scheduled or mm -hmm. the, the way that they were written, mm -hmm. we were going to be paid differently. Mm -hmm. And I brought that up. Mm -hmm. openly. And I said, well, if we're all doing the same job, why are we all paid differently? Mm -hmm. And no one had an explanation. Yes. And so I, I escalated this up to the top decision maker mm -hmm. and they admitted it. Oh yeah. Okay. We see that there's pay differences, but mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to change it. And I said, mm -hmm. I, I can't be part of this. Right. And I wasn't, I wasn't invited to participate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because people don't like to hear the truth sometimes. Right. But you have to be willing to step away. And I lost a lot of revenue. I lost mm -hmm. a lot of income mm -hmm. because I refused to be part of something that I knew was wrong. Absolutely. And they knew what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And admitted <laughs> but, it. Yeah. And admitted it, but they didn't have that courage to make right. the change happen, to make it, to make it fair, uh, right. to, to make the equity happen. And mm -hmm. so these, this is kind of the story of my life where I, mm -hmm. I show up, I say something and maybe yeah. the timing's not always right. <laughs> But I, but I call out the elephant in the yeah. room and people, right. especially sometimes when women say that it's even worse, right? Absolutely. Because who are you to say that to me? Right. I'm, the, I'm the powerful man or I, I, I can fire you. I have control over you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't come out and say, well, this is wrong, then you right. have to go home and live with that, that you could have said something in that moment. And it, and it, exactly. it, 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 it's with racism, it's with mm -hmm. sexism, with homophobia, all the mm -hmm. things that we see, if we witness it and mm -hmm. we know it and we're conscious of it. I think it's our moral imperative to say something right. and, and to call it out mm -hmm. because if not, it's just going to continue. It's just right. going to, to, uh, to persist. Mm -hmm. If you see something, say something, right? <laughs> right, right. Right. So it's not just about, you know, that backpack that you see somewhere. If you see something, say something. And I think, yeah. you know, as you, as you think about that and you think about everything that you've been through and, you know, all the countries you've lived in and all the different languages, just tell people the languages, the different languages that you speak. I speak Spanish well, Portuguese, mm -hmm. Greek, mm -hmm. Polish, and English, and a little bit of Russian. See, there you go, people. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, just goals, right? Language goals. Um, but but as you as you think about this this courage that you had to have to stand up, because the reality is, especially as entrepreneurs, it's easy to just chase the dollar, but to remember that all money is not good money, mm -hmm. right? All money is not good money. So if you think about everything that you've been through and where you are now, and even to the point of making the decision to step out on faith and run for, for office, which has impacted your business, right? Because you said you had to step away a little bit so you could really put everything into this. What has been one of your biggest surprises along your journey? In terms of what? In... So in terms of how you actually have been able to be resilient and, and kind of put in that and, and understand that value system, right? And be really clear about what your values are and what you're willing to stand for. Yeah. Well, I think we're a lot stronger than we think we are. Mm -hmm. um, I think that when you have gone through tremendous life difficulties, mm -hmm. whatever it is, a job loss, a divorce, um, depression, birth of a child, a new mm -hmm. you know, we tend to retreat. I mean, the first um, reaction can sometimes be denial, you know, cognitive right. denial that this isn't happening, this can't happening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we live life so much in our minds. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, the mindfulness stuff, I, I did mm -hmm. actually the first pilot project over a decade ago mm -hmm. uh, at, a, at a big company around mindfulness for leaders. 
And it's about, you know, we can't, we can't rewrite the past. Whatever right. happened in the past happened. Mm-hmm. We really can't predict the future. We can try to influence the future. What we can do about is today it, mm-hmm. and, and how we show up today. Right. And so I've gone through a lot of tough stuff. I've, mm-hmm. I've been through uh, the fire. I, I've mm-hmm. had a lot of difficulty in my life. And you have to dig deep. And I think what surprised me was how we can um, bounce back. Um, And a lot of it's not just on your own. I I tend to not ask for help. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to do things myself, you know, being very independent and and not rely on other people and and you can do it all yourself. Well, you Mm -hmm. really can't do it all yourself. Right. And I really needed to reach out to other people because I am a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I am a type A person that I want to do everything perfect Mm -hmm. in, in every aspect of my life. Um, I, I, my mother has, you know, she's a multi-talented person, mm-hmm. you know, she can sing and cook and dance. She, she's a physician assistant. I mean, she's yeah. done it all. And then mm-hmm. so this kind of expectation that you have to do everything perfectly. And, right. and, and I still have that a little bit. I'm still working mm-hmm. on yes. that. Um, <laughs> We're work in progress, but, yeah. but also understanding that change and transition are different. So change mm-hmm. is situational. It's mm-hmm. something that happens very quickly. It's visible, right. but it's the transitions that really gets people into trouble, right? Yeah. It's the transition of moving. It's the process of coming to terms with that new normal, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. And we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that maybe next week as well. Right. Right. But what surprised me, I think about my, uh, my journey was understanding that it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. This depression I have, or this difficulty or this challenge I have, there's, it it can't last forever. It might last a long time, but at some point it's going to get better. And that's Mm -hmm. why they heal. They say time heals all wounds. And in a sense, you might have a scar, right? (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, we've, we've been through death and loved ones. We've been through job losses or breakup of relationships. And yes, you mourn that you have Mm -hmm. to mourn that loss. You know, it's not going to be the way it was. And we have scars from that on our hearts, mm-hmm. on our bodies from, from yes. those falls, but, but we heal and, mm-hmm. and we don't forget, but we heal right. and, and how we're going to, at the end of our life, I think, look back and say, what did we do to make other people's lives better to, mm-hmm. to alleviate the pain and suffering that we see around us? How do we help uplift other people? And how did I use my life in terms of my right. staff, my talents, my skills, my wealth, whatever, my, my mm-hmm. privilege to make other people's lives, again, going back to that equity, um, Mm -hmm. the difference between equality and equity. And equity is how do we create better outcomes for everyone? Mm -hmm. So depending on the card that you were dealt, if someone was dealt a very bad card through no fault of their own, how can we get them to have a royal flush? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because if I have some cards in my deck, I can give to them. Yes. Yes. Then we can all have better outcomes. And I realize with this interdependency, when when we have well-educated, healthy people around Mm -hmm. us who are all thriving, we all do better. Right. Absolutely. We all do better. When you're doing better, I do better. Absolutely. And right now, if I put my mask on so that mm-hmm. you're not getting sick or you're not right. getting sick, we all do better. Right. Exactly. Um, and so it's this collective sense of, of looking at not just ourselves, but how do we then make um, what, what we do affects other people, what other mm-hmm. people do affect us. So right. I had to really work hard on that. It wasn't something mm-hmm. that came overnight. I had right. help. I had friends, yes. <laughs> a village of people. <laughs> right. Um, you know, now, you know, my, my spouse and, and certainly I am a mother now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to model that for my, my son, but mm-hmm. I think we're tougher than we give ourselves credit. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And if you're a tough person, you know, what would they say? Iron, iron is forged through fire. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You do come out tougher and hopefully yeah. you come out tougher, but not bitter. You come out tougher, more right. compassionate, more empathetic because you right. understand that pain, the hurt, the suffering, the disappointment. And right. you say, yeah, I've been there. That's empathy, right? And exactly. I can empathize with you. And let me tell you how, how, how I can help or mm-hmm. at least listen to people, give people right. that, that, um, that gift of being able to listen and understand, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, people want to know that they matter and that their lives matter and that the work they do matters, whatever work that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It matters. matters. And what's interesting too, about what you said with, with scars, and I would tell people this all the time is there is value in experience. There is value in those scars. And gray hairs too. And gray gray hairs. I call (laughs) them wisdom highlights, right? (laughs) Oh, I love (laughs) that. My wisdom highlights. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, it's because those scars not only give you visible, you know, physical, mental, and emotional proof of having overcome, but they also give you data that enables you to, to... look at situations much more broadly, much differently, and potentially move through those situations quicker, recover faster, because now you've seen something. It's not new, right? You can take all these data points and construct a response that makes sense based on your wisdom, right? And your experience. So so I, I tell people all the time, don't be afraid of the scars. Don't be afraid of the battles, right? Don't be afraid of the failures. Um, and we've all had those. I know I've had some major ones because you almost have better learning, more learning, learning that sticks deeper from those failures than you do from the major successes because the failures hurt. Yes. And we yes. remember pain. We may not remember the feel of the pain, but we remember the experience of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and we like to avoid that. So how do we not let that happen again? <laughs> right. And, and, so. and I think, and I think to that point, we learn a lot from bad bosses, I think yes. more than good bosses, right? Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, our brains do have a negativity bias. And mm-hmm. so we, we look at those experiences and say, God, I would never do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and if I were the manager, I would never have done that. Right. 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 <laughs> right. That is not how I would go about that particular situation. Well, so how, as we, as we kind of come to bring it all full circle, what would be a key piece of guidance you would give to someone who is in their career right now, who, especially during this time of COVID, right? It's a great time that people are reevaluating, right? They're rethinking. If they're sitting in a job um, that they're really not happy about, you know, what are they going to do about it? Besides sitting in fear because, oh my gosh, they still have one, right? I'm grateful to still have one, which is, which is valid. Um, but if they're really not where they feel they need to be, or should be, or want to be, kind of what is the guidance that you, or key piece of guidance that you would give people who are thinking, you know what, maybe it is time for me to rethink and mm-hmm. give myself some choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I work with my clients, whether individual or teams, we talk about values and culture because mm-hmm. they inform one another, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting when I first meet with people or I'm still first engaging, I, I ask probably in the first 10 minutes, well, what are your values? Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised at how many people can't just articulate that. They can, right. doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Oh, here are my values, you know, generosity, integrity, right. justice, compassion. Those values are important because those, again, will align to what the behaviors and actions, right? Yes. So when you're in reaction, especially when you're under duress, when you're Mm -hmm. under stress, you know, we're going to um, 
fall back into those knee-jerk reactions, mm -hmm. right? Probably not the best of us comes out when we're right. under pressure. Right. So being able to start with your values mm -hmm. is your North Star, is your yes. compass. Because with a compass that always points north, you know at least the direction that you're mm -hmm. heading. You might not know where you end up. Right. And the paths may be very different. Mm -hmm. And there are many paths to get to the top of the mountain, right? Right. So you might meander down one path, but then you might see a beautiful waterfall or a deer and say, oh, right. look how lovely that is. <laughs> right. Or, you know, but I find that the people who try to take that straight path up mm -hmm. usually don't do so well. Right. Because they're so blinded. You know, they have these horse mm -hmm. blinders on. I say, right. this is my direct A to B path. Well, we mm -hmm. know that A to B doesn't work very well, right? right? There's all of these barriers and potholes mm -hmm. and diversions right? and turns. <laughs> um, you know, so, so starting with what is my compass, right? Where is the mm -hmm. North Star for me? So that when you're blown off course, um, you will always know how to get back to yes. your North Star. Because again, we will feel anxious and dissonance if mm -hmm. we are separated between our values and our actions. Right. Um, and, you know, if you look at a sailboat, I love to sail. Uh, yeah. I just love being on a boat and, mm -hmm. and having the wind power. Sailors can't go to point A to point B. They have no. to tack, right? right? They have to tack to, to kind of get to the, their destination. Mm -hmm. and, and, and still, there's no guarantee because there might right. not be wind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. What are you going to do when there's no wind? Right, um, right. But you have to kind of have to read the wind, right? So mm -hmm. you have to be attuned. And this is where self-awareness um, and self-knowledge mm -hmm. comes to, to, into play and is the mm -hmm. power of understanding your emotional state, your mind yes. state, right? Yes. Um, and where are you in terms of your journey? And, and if you're feeling, oh, you know, something's off, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just not feeling, well, where's your compass? What does your right. compass say? Brush off that compass. Right. Uh, what are your values? What are the patterns? If you look out over your life, mm -hmm. what are those patterns of the behavior of things that when you did well, when you were successful, what was happening? And, and be yes. a detective. Start to yes. really take that apart mm -hmm. and say, here are the patterns of my successful endeavors. Mm -hmm. when, when I showed up and I did well, when I showed up and I, and I shone, you know, I was, a, mm -hmm. I was doing my best work here are the clues of patterns of behaviors, right. of things that I can tie together. And those are my strengths that I think too often we don't play to our strengths. Right. Um, right. We have this idea that we have weaknesses and I don't mm -hmm. think they're weaknesses. They're just things we don't do well. Right. <laughs> right. Know? I am not going to be an accountant. That is right. not my strength. Right. You know? <laughs> so where are your strengths? Because yeah. we all have things that we do well. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think the best advice I would give, or at least to help people is mm -hmm. the things that I've learned to do is, you know, focus on what things you do well, where are mm -hmm. those values that you have? Where's that compass that's going to right. keep you on track? Cause we're going to get veered off. We, we, we have realities in our life that we have to attend mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. but in terms of being true to who we are, to showing up, to being our best, to, to being our best for other people as right. well. Um, that right. is not always about us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I exactly. Think we have to get out of our heads sometimes. Yes. Yes. Um, and again, to realize sometimes that, you know, we've been dealt better hands than other people. Mm -hmm. And what can we do with that? Um, right. The power that we're given because that's in choice. And when we're mm -hmm. in choice, we can be intentional. Absolutely. I love that. And, and I really do think that it is, it is a perfect time. It's a difficult time too, because there's craziness going on, but it is also a perfect time to sit in stillness and to give yourself the grace and to give yourself the gift 
of really getting clear, as you said, on your values. What are those things that really drive you? Um, and when things don't feel right, go back, as you say, be a detective, right? Go find out what that is, right? Give yourself, pay as much attention to yourself as you do to everyone else. Put your mask on first and say, what is it that I need to be the best me? And what is it that's making this not work? And is it just timing? Because then at least I know, and I can just, you know, manage through it. Or is it truly something where I'm like, I got to make a change. And this way, without having that discussion with yourself, there's no way you're going to know the answer to that question. Yeah. And one more thing is really important, sure. Laurel. And this is about you and about the touchstone, because through your life, you have to find those jewels. You have to yes. find those people, those touchstone people. And you are one of them in yeah. my life. Thank you. Those touchstone yeah. people yeah. that you know, because you are solid and you're a rock and you're, you, I mean, you are a blessing to me yeah. and I, I feel so honored Mutual, honey. <laughs> and, <laughs> and such deep love and appreciation yeah. because you have those people in your life that you know have your back, that right. those touchstone people that are going to keep you um, on your path because mm -hmm. you'll tell me when I'm yeah. off my path, right? And, I, and <laughs> yes. I'll tell you too, you've got to yes. have those truth tellers Absolutely, you in do. your life that says, no, this is not, you yes. and I have talked about this yes. a lot. <laughs> Um, yes. that are going to, you know, just, you know, show up and say, uh, -uh no, yeah. no, this is not, this doesn't sound like you, exactly. Leela. This exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you and really want to do this? Yeah. Are you <laughs> sure? Um, or why not? Why aren't you doing this? Cause you really need to do this. Um, and, and you're right. It's that it's having that village. It's having that people, some people say tribes, whatever works for you. Right. But it's those, those key individuals that, um, are going to be your truth tellers. And that's important, right? And you know, they're telling you the truth out of a, a pure abundance of as much, if not more concern for you as yeah. for themselves, right? Because you don't want people around you. They're just yes people. They're just exactly. gonna say, oh, you're great. That's awesome. Are you kidding me? Of course. You want people who are gonna say, yeah, that's fantastic. Or yeah, no, that's not, no. Right. Let's rethink that, right? right and right. that's how you really begin to come into who you are because yeah. they also say those things with the intent to say, but if you, it, that doesn't make sense to me given what I know, but if that's really what you want to do, I got your back. We'll figure it out, right? right. So right. it's that kind of thing that it's, it's people that are not stepping on your dream because as Lisa Nichols says, somebody doesn't support your dream, don't worry about it because God gave it to you, not to them. So <laughs> it's, it's, but you have those people who are like, I don't get it. But if that's where you're going, I'm your ride or die. That's right. who you want, right? And so it's really important, guys, as you're listening to this and listening to Leela and looking at her huge transition, the risks that she took to move to countries where she initially didn't speak the language, she didn't know anybody, and then really having the wherewithal and the, the ability to see beyond herself and how that has now translated into who she is and how she's really going after making a bigger impact. Because I have to tell you, there are many, many, many of us who see injustice and who see things that aren't right or see things that make us feel bad and that we're like, we're just, that's just not okay. And we just keep saying it's not okay, but we don't do anything different. You are listening to someone who says, that's not okay. And you know what? I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do everything I can to make it okay. And I may win, I may lose, but I'm going to at least try. And all I can say to you is if you can take a little bit of that and do that, in, not only in your personal life, but in your professional life, then I think you will go a long way towards moving to where you want to go. So Leela, thank you, thank you, thank you. One, it's just great to see you. I think we've got to get another, you know, virtual happy hour going <laughs> during COVID. Um, but it was just so awesome to have you because I think, thank you, my friend. you know, sometimes we hide, we, we know these amazing people and it feels like they're hidden. And I just yeah. think when, when I thought about people I wanted to have on my podcast, 
you have such an amazing story and you have such a strength and a courage and a conviction about you that is going to uplift people and is going to give people encouragement. And I just appreciate the time in the middle of your campaign. Tell people how they can follow you on your campaign. Yes. So you can go to Leela for Carlsbad. It's L-E-L-A-F-O-R Carlsbad, C-A-R-L-S-B-D-A-D-D-A-D.com. Carlsbad. That's Carlsbad, California. Right. Leela for Carlsbad.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Yeah. She, I'm telling you guys, you want to follow her. Um, yeah. I, unfortunately I can't vote for her cause I'm in Texas. Uh, <laughs> we are, you know, from afar waving the flags of the campaign. So um, just think about that. Someone who came out of corporate and started her own business and now is running for the first time for local office. It can be done. If you have conviction, it can be done. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, this will get posted. I'll make sure you have Leela's information. And Leela, thank you again. I'm rooting for you, my friend. Um, and I will see you next Thursday because we're actually going to do um, a webinar next Thursday to talk about change and get deeper into change. So we'll I love change. All of that. <laughs> love change. It's going to be great. Who else do you know, people who love change? Right? So tune in next week for that as well. And thank you for listening. We'll catch thank you on the flip side. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.